everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of PA Pod. This is your host, James Newman, a PT turned PA student. I'm proud to say that I have another great guest here with me today. Megan Cannon is a current PA student with a dietetics background, and she's here to shed some light on how nutrition should be given its due diligence in practice. Please, Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan. Like James said, I am a second year PA student at the University of Iowa. I am about to start my clinical rotations. I have one final between me and starting those, so I'm very excited. Um, a little bit about my background. I was, I still am a registered dietitian and I worked as a dietitian for four years in a large academic teaching hospital. Um, I worked in both inpatient and a clinic, both peds and adults. I kind of went all over a year was spent in the NICU in the NICU. And then I worked for two years with cystic fibrosis patients. So, um, a fun fact about me, I feel like I have to tell you my favorite food because that's what dietitians do. Um, my favorite food is blueberries and I can li literally eat unlimited amounts. Like you can buy those, like it's a pint at the store. It's like two cups of blueberries. I can just sit down and eat like three of those. If I wasn't a poor PA student, I think I would eat more, but I try and limit myself. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not recommending this, but um, I think if I was challenged to a blueberry eating contest, I would definitely win. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks of uh, Willy Wonka right now. Do <laughs> a blueberry? That's, I don't know why that just popped into my head. I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> so does that apply to everything? Is it blueberry ice cream? Is it blueberry waffles? Or is it just blueberries? Pretty much just blueberries, yes. I think the flavored stuff, you know, it just has kind of weird aftertaste. You got to stick with the natural, just the, just the berry. That's, uh, that's the dietitian in you talking right now. All natural. <laughs> it is. Um, no, I'm, I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, I, we laughed about this over the phone when I first reached out to Megan in that, truth be told, I knew I wanted to register a dietitian on my show because of my personal background in therapy and uh, how the, the health continuum is so important to physical therapists. And I sat in and watched a dietitian get interviewed and I fell in love with it. I thought there was so much good to be learned, uh, good to, to have, I guess. And, you know, it was, it was really exciting, but basically I just searched, I Googled registered dietitian and PA student and Megan being the overachiever that she is had a nice little spotlight at her program and so she gets this random Facebook message from me. This guy married in South Carolina reaching out to this girl in Iowa that no mutual friends, like super creepy. And she took it with great stride. I'm so happy this worked out the way it did. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, aside from all the awkward beginnings, we, we've come to a good understanding of this. And uh, yeah, it's just super pumped to have you. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's get down to it. Let's see how nutrition's piece of the pie really shapes up in the PA world. Uh, so we got some questions here we're going to kind of roll through. And so I think the first one is to kind of put you on your platform a little bit here as well. You know, so you have this background in dietetics. So what inspired you to pursue dietetics before your PA degree? Um, yeah, we're going to go all the way back to high school, Megan, deciding that she wanted to be a PA. I was pretty involved in um, sports and very active. I got super interested in nutrition and 
fueling my body and how um, my body performed differently, how I felt differently when I ate certain things. Um, I vividly remember researching sports nutrition in the high school library during lunch because I was training for a half marathon. <laughs> I was kind of a strange high schooler, but you know what? It worked out. Here I am. Um, so then I knew I wanted to do PA, but when I was thinking of college majors, I got overwhelmed because you can pretty much do any major and then go to PA school as long as you get the prerequisite classes. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I saw that there was a like pre-med, pre-professional nutrition major. And I thought that was perfect. I was super interested in it um, and it would get me the requirements for PA school. So then I decided to major in dietetics. Once I got to college, I basically just fell in love with nutrition and got very involved with like research and kind of the dietetics field. So then I decided um, that instead of going to PA school right after undergrad that I wanted to pursue dietetics. And I really liked it because it's so universal. Like everyone has to eat, everyone can participate and relate. There's not a lot of aspects of medicine or of life that brings people together more than food does. So um, I also knew that if I did dietetics, then I could get some good patient contact experience and use that if I did eventually go back to PA school. So I ended up working for four years um, as a registered dietitian and people have asked me and I've thought about like, man, was that a waste or should I have just gone straight to PA school? But I really wouldn't trade that experience. And I think that I learned a ton over those four years. And I also realized that I wanted to be able to do more than just nutrition. I wanted to be able to provide more comprehensive care. Um, and so then the decision to apply to PA school after I had already been a dietitian was kind of tough because I really loved being a dietitian, but um, I knew that even as a PA, I would still be able to use my nutrition background. So um, that's kind of what led me to on the unconventional path from dietetics to where I am today. You know, un unconventional, unique, those words come to mind because you are one of the first people I've talked to who really had PA on the brain before their first career. I mean, truthfully, that is a, that's unique in a sense that most of us who end up here that are second career or non-traditional pathways, if you will, we all discover PA secondary. So it's kind of interesting hearing you coming from the aspect of you had an opportunity to pursue something you had a really big passion for and really opened up your heart to what was going on in a lot of settings before going into where you knew you'd end up. Yeah, I, I feel like that is pretty insightful for a high schooler, but <laughs> I don't know. Honestly. I mean, that's uh, whoever is uh, marketing for PAs where you went to high school, kudos to them. They deserve a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and you kind of led into this next question pretty well, I'd say. But the next question we have here is, how much of an impact do you believe the PA field needs to have on the diet aspect of health? Yeah, I think a big impact, honestly. I think one of the coolest parts about being a PA is the relationships you get with patients. And um, as PAs, we get to interact and care for people who we probably wouldn't normally hang out with and we might not have a relationship with in any other way. And so I think it's a huge opportunity to impact people. Um, 
And obviously, like nutrition is super important. Pretty much every chronic disease I can think of um, is impacted by diet. Um, so I think that it is really important for PAs. I also, so we took a class recently um, that kind of talks about the social determinants of health. And one of the statistics was that 80 to 90% of health is impacted or influenced by those like social determinants. So diet being one of them and only like 10 to 20% is really those medical interventions, which I thought was crazy. And I think it shows that as PAs, we just have a unique opportunity to intervene um, with patients. So I think um, that because we get to see patients so often and diet is so important, it's also very modifiable. And so um, if we are willing and able to talk to patients about it, I think most people are willing to have conversations with us about it as well. I, I couldn't agree with you more just having the questions that I've had asked to me in the clinic. And I certainly do not have a dietetics credentialing beside my name, but being where I worked, I had to get comfortable having those conversations. But I will say there's going to be a lot of us coming out of school who don't have the comfort level of me and certainly don't have the comfort level of you. So what, what would you say to them who are a little bit wary about like, maybe they have scope of practice problems. They think they don't want to tread on the dietitian's background and even more so they're scared to. Yeah, I think that's a good um, insight. Yeah, I mean, a lot of didactic programs, we don't get very much nutrition education. Um, but I think food is so universal. Everyone has to eat like you obviously eat, all PAs do. And so I think exploring it on a personal level is a good place to start or um, just doing like, it's not rocket science. It is confusing and there's definitely stuff that I don't know but I think um, just starting from a personal standpoint and being interested in nutrition and um, kind of exploring that then will just help you have conversations with patients so I don't think you have to know it all in order to have patients with your patients about it certainly certainly and I, I think we're having a conversation on the level of somebody that was you or me going for a health problem and you know, we, we have a decent enough understanding or maybe we have a couple comorbidities that we just need a, a diet conversation. We don't have a chronic condition that needs a diet overhaul because correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe that's where you need to have that uh, continuum of care and get the whole team on board. And that's when you need to contact the dietitian. Yeah, absolutely. I think starting the conversation as a PA is great, but then yes, if the patient needs more interventions or more education, that is the perfect time to refer them to a dietitian. And I'm sure you have, have seen this, but I mean, do you feel like there's enough, I guess, resources at your disposal through school for you to continue to brush up on that? Or maybe if you didn't know as much as you did, do you feel like you have adequate resources to understand the diet aspect of health a little bit more? Yeah, I think that's been kind of challenging. I think with my background, it's nutrition is kind of always on the forefront of my mind when for other people, it's probably not. Um, so I definitely think that you have to seek out those resources or seek out researching the nutrition aspect. I think it's much easier to find research or data on um, different medications or surgical treatments. But um, I think the, the resources are out there, but it takes more searching than maybe other interventions. I think it's tough because 
people often want more of a quick fix than nutrition can give, but I think lifestyle modification is really the way to go if you want a long-term success with an intervention. Yeah, I mean, that, that couldn't have been said any better way. It's, it's such a big part of, of healthcare, and it really can play a big role in preventative medicine as well. So there's really no limit to what nutrition can bring to the table. I mean, and, and to that point, I guess, moving forward, when you get out and you're practicing and kind of you're on your own, how do you think your background and your current understanding will affect your personal model as a practicing PA? Yeah, I think, well, at my program, we already get quite a few like clinical exposures with real patients, simulated patients are didactic. So even early on, I realized when I'm thinking of like a differential diagnosis or getting history from a patient, my brain really quickly goes to nutrition, which I kind of have to train it to think more broadly, which I think will change over time as I get experience as a PA. But um, I'm really excited to incorporate nutrition. I feel like no matter what specialty of medicine you work in, there's going to be nutrition um, interventions. And so I think that personally, like my practice model will be more focused on lifestyle or ways to modify disease through nutrition instead of just throwing a medication at it. Um, I think if patients want to learn more and change aspects of their life will be a good pair. I think if people are looking for a quick fix, I might not be <laughs> the best person, but you know, I'm always up for a challenge and I really like meeting patients where they're at. So if we can make one simple change in lifestyle while we do a medical intervention, I think that is even a success. Right. I can totally see you blending those two models together and, and making it your own baby. And you know, you, you kind of have this reward system here. You know, we used to do it to where people really liked getting heat. So we'd say, you know, you do your exercises, you get heat. Well, you make this lifestyle modification and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what other medications can be on the table. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's going to be a really fun way to go about it. Uh, and, you know, move, moving on to that point, I guess when it comes to nutritional troubles with patients and that aspect of things, you have to figure out one, if there's a problem and two, kind of what the problem is. And that can be an uncomfortable question. I mean, personally, I live in the, in, you know, I guess they call it the Bible Belt area. You know, there's, there's a lot of obesity here in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and patients don't want to talk about it. So I guess as in your practice or in your model, what are some questions you think an exam should include to help one sniff out some dietary struggles or maybe kind of I guess, pad that question to where you're not offending them and they're still buying into your care plan. Yeah, I really like this question. Um, I think it is so important. And I think I've even struggled with this transitioning into PA um, because we don't have time to get a complete diet history and talk to patients for you know, half an hour about nutrition along with all the other things that we need to um, elicit from them. And so I think that unless it directly pertains to their whatever is going on, we don't need, yeah, a full history um, of nutrition. But one thing, one question I found that I like is um, just asking, like, do you follow any diet restrictions or have you made any changes to your diet recently? 
I found that if people are on a specific diet or have made changes, they want to talk about it. Like people love to talk about <laughs> their diet or what they're trying. And so I think if you throw the question out there, also people don't like awkward silences. So if you put that question out there, they're going to fill it. They're going to say something. And so I think then from there, um, you can ask more specific questions or more probing questions. So yeah, I usually like to start with just like, have you made any changes to your diet and um, kind of see where they take it? Because that can even be an indication of um, what questions they have or what things with nutrition they have going on. Absolutely. And I can totally see that being a really good opportunity for some positive reinforcement, pushing on them and saying, it's great. You're, you're working on your diet. You're working to improve what's going on here, but let's see what else we can do to tweak it to also come back into that, you know, pathophysiological bio model that we use in PA and really get down to a disease process to help it all. That's awesome. So, you know, another big part of you being on here and why I like having you on here is you, you can play both sides of the fence a little bit and interprofessionalism has gotten better. I think we can all acknowledge that, but it's not perfect. So what do you think would help improve relationships between PAs and registered dietitians? Yeah, I think um, we can always, there's always room for improvement. Uh, I think just asking questions and really involving each other in patient's care and advocating for each other I think healthcare is becoming increasingly team-based. And so if we can, I think we can do our jobs better if we advocate for others or our fellow professionals to do their roles better also. So I think um, as far as PAs, just discussing with patients like the benefit of involving a dietitian in their care. Um, I think also starting the conversation with patients, but really, um, referring to patients or to dietitians when patients need more education or more guidance. Like we don't have 30 minutes to educate patients and come up with a plan and get a full history, but dietitians do, and that's what they're there for. And so I think just referring and using dietitians is a great way um, to create a good interprofessional atmosphere. Um, I also think there's a tendency as PAs to, since we are limited on time, um, maybe just to say to a patient, you know, you need a low salt diet. Okay, go home and do this. Well, most patients have no idea what that means or how to do it. It may seem like common sense to us, but a lot of patients need education and guidance on how to actually do that in their everyday life. And so I think even for basic nutrition concepts, it can be really helpful to involve an RD to bridge the gap between the provider and the patient and set them up for success. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's the best picture of a combined care team approach I could imagine. Um, and then as far as settings go for, for RDs, I mean, kind of, I've seen them in the hospital, um, but I can't say personally, I've seen RDs exist really anywhere else. I mean, outside of that, if we're working in an outpatient setting one day as PAs or guess maybe in a setting that's a little more specialized that doesn't have every piece of staff on on hand you know what's the best way to I guess get in contact with an RD at that point yeah I think that is tricky um, and definitely a barrier for patients 
Um, I think even if like we are working as a PA in a clinic, you can still refer to a dietitian at an outside hospital or an outside clinic. And so I think just knowing the resources in your area and um, like even dietitians specialize. So there might be a dietitian who specializes in your area in whatever specialty you work in. And so I think just knowing your resources in your community, um, which this isn't super common now, but I think it will be even after COVID is just telemedicine and telehealth. A lot of dietetics is just talking to people. And so I think it is a really easy specialty to incorporate um, telemedicine. I know at the institution I used to work at, we definitely had dietitians who did all their visits over telemedicine. So I think that is an option and is going to even increase, I think, in the future. Telemedicine is a hot topic right now. It's changed a lot of what's going on in medicine and a lot of it for the better, honestly. You know, it does eliminate some of those barriers that patients have, and that's been really good. Um, so I guess now where we're at, you know, kind of coming to a head here as far as this question is concerned. So we, we've summarized kind of what the relationship is and where it needs to go and your own personal background and how it's going to affect your model. And I hopefully a lot of people take from this a change to their own personal model. But how do you believe that PA students, PA professionals, and honestly just healthcare professionals as a whole can do better or can just be a better part of educating patients going forward? Yeah, I think this is a really good question. Um, I think a big thing is just trying it for yourself. And like whatever specialty or area of medicine PAs work in, um, there's most likely going to be diet interventions or recommendations that you're making. And I think it is um, doing patients a disservice and it's kind of hard like personally to recommend something if you haven't tried it or don't know everything about it. And so I think food is a really unique intervention or nutrition in that um, we can try it as healthcare providers. And so um, I think like, let's say you work in cardiology and you are always recommending a low fat or a low sodium diet. I think trying it, trying a low sodium diet for a, a week and seeing how it goes, I think it will give um, you good perspective for your patients and help you to better relate to patients and effectively educate them. Um, I think it just enables you to kind of get on the patient's level. And so, yeah, I feel like that can be a really impactful way to um, be better at educating patients and kind of take a personal dive into the nutrition world. And I, I didn't even think about that, but that's true. I mean, we're called to be empathetic providers across every every spectrum of healthcare. And I mean, there's no better way to do it than to live it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's excellent advice there. And I, man, I guess uh, after this, I'll have to research what diets people are doing and try that myself. Gosh, I'm not <laughs> vegetarian. No offense to any vegetarians out there, but I really, really like chicken. <laughs> well, maybe try for a week and see how they feel <laughs> that's, true. that's true i guess i'll have to give it a try um, yeah. okay so we're kind of wrapping up here and i do like to end these shows with a little bit of say on your end and this is uh something we like to do with our guests 
So if you could pick one to two pearls of wisdom to bestow upon, whether they be PA students, PA students in your, I guess, grade level or entering PA school, or maybe even some young professionals that are out there, what kind of pearls would you bestow upon us? Yeah, I think my, the first pearl of wisdom that comes to mind is just find your passion, find your niche. And I would say if there's something you're interested in and love, invest in that. Um, everyone is diverse. PAs, we know, can do tons of amazing things, but you don't have to do and probably can't do at all, even though we know PAs are overachievers. Um, I think it's important to find what fires you up and pursue that. And I think it will make you a great PA for your future patients and you'll have more joy in what you do that way also. Excellent. Excellent. Find what you love, pursue it. I'm not sure I, I agree with the phrase, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life because I don't think the person who coined that phrase ever had to write notes, <laughs> um, but you can get close to that. <laughs> We're on the same page. Um, totally agree. But, you know, Megan, I, I can't thank you enough. And going forward, when I start school in January here, I know that it's going to be a big part of, of the soapbox I stand on maybe one too many times is uh, nutrition and just overall wellness exercise. So I appreciate you coming on this show. I think you've given us a lot of great insight. And, you know, as a whole here on PA Pod, we thank you for coming on. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Aside from all the awkward beginnings, it's turned out pretty well. <laughs> it did. Oh, we made it. That's it. That's it. Well, I'll let you go. You have a great night and everybody, thanks for tuning in. Y'all go have some blueberries for me. <laughs>